0: Morning, sunshines, and uh, welcome. As if you have been paying ap- attention to the podcast, everyone knows this is the week, Joe. This is the week where it's all happening.
1: The escape from Hangalow, it's Back the, to the city, mate.
0: The escape from Hangalow, it's all gonna happen. That's my half of the week. Two more days. I'm packing my bags today, and um, whilst I'm talking about packing my bags for the first time. In weeks, I can see the sun's coming out, and literally it has been raining every day. But now that I'm talking about packing my bags, it's coming out, mate.
1: You told me it was like snowing earlier. Yeah. It was.
0: Yeah, this morning.
1: It's uh, yeah, it's giving you a warm, well, uh, a warm goodbye, isn't it? You know, now you're off. With the uh, like you say, the sun's coming out and uh, seeing you, uh, seeing you off. It's a sign of uh, happier, happier times to come
0: happier times are coming joe happier times are coming i can't flip and wait but honestly uh, like over the last couple of weeks i had already so many messages from people that were saying do you want to go out for a ride do you want to go out for a run or a swim or whatever uh, but they're all for Amsterdam and i still all had to disappoint them in saying listen up your boy is still in hangelo but i'll be there um but just the thought about like training with others and building a squat again uh sounds very very tempting to me
1: what were these people in Amsterdam that thought that you'd already moved there? So they were like sending you messages saying, do you fancy coming out?
0: Yeah. I, I, well, I've been over the last two months in, in and out of Amsterdam, like almost every week, but not consistent, you know? So it was more of like a day in, day out, stuff like that. It's a hassle. It's a hassle. It's a,
1: yeah. Did they did they think you'd already moved there? Is that why they were sending you messages though? Like yeah, they thought you were there now? Exactly. Oh.
0: Exactly but the escape it's happening it's happening right in front of your eyes anyway have you got any highs and lows this week
1: I've got a low mate i got uh, chased by a, a seagull and then a it seagull? On me like while i was outside then yeah or a bird i i think it was a seagull like it was a big old fat one you know been like eating loads of food and uh, i was riding along I was having a gel and stuff and it wanted to wanted to get it off me so it was like swooping at me and following me and it did the shit on my arm like i i, I took a picture and uh posted it up i couldn't believe it like i felt something hit me on the arm like what is that? that i looked i bloody bird poo all on my arm on the side of my on my bike as well you know like uh just mm-hmm. under where the, where your elbows go on the tt pads it was like on the oh, base no. bar. like uh was horrible mate yeah like and I what did it um, through the ride couldn't do anything about it had to ride back
0: what did it taste like
1: Salty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I don't know. I just got like a leaf and got, got tried to get it off my arm, like a couple of leaves on the side of the road, and managed did to you... get pretty much most of it off and some of it off my bike, but a bit rank in it.
0: Did you? Did you re- really say you had to turn back?
1: No, I didn't turn back. I carried on going.
0: All right, that's my boy, covered in poo. Well,
1: what would you? Have, well, what would you have done, Turned, would would you? Well, yeah. I tried to wipe it off as best as best I could, but I couldn't do anything about it. Anyway, I was literally—it was one of them rides where they say like it's a three-hour ride, and you're riding to a place that's an hour and a half away, and it's gonna—and t- it did it literally just after I turned, so about five minutes on the way back. So the shortest way back was the way I was going anyway, so I had no choice. Like, you know, was, uh, I was—I went I went to my parents I, to pick up. Pick I, up something. I had no choice. I, I had I had to cope.
0: Like, if there would have been any professional yeah, athlete, lowest off, mate. If, if there would have been any professional athlete that would turn around because he had poo on him like I don't think any would like it was just a bit of bird poo mate it's not that bad just wipe it off like a grown up and uh, you'll be good to go
1: that's what I did mate that's what I did I, I battled I carried on mate no no question it was never in doubt mate
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's?
1: but I reckon that some would turn back there definitely some
0: what's the low? feed me with a low
1: like God that was pretty much the low mate. I haven't really had that. I had to pull out of a running race yesterday. Like I um I d- I did it and uh it's got me thinking actually because um I start I, I woke up. You know did the clocks go forward where you were on Sunday night so you lose like an hour of sleep.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. So I did that and it was my birthday Saturday night so I had a few drinks and some food and stuff. And then the clocks went forward and I woke up for this running race. I felt like shit like to be honest I, I was like tempted my mate was picking me up If he hadn't been picking me up i'd have been tempted to can it anyway got up and um went over there to uh, it was a 20 miler as well which is uh, a bit grueling isn't it? it would have been a lot nicer if it was just a 10 mile 10 miler or a half marathon wouldn't it you know you'd mm-hmm. quite easily just not not really worry about that but anyway started off felt all right i, I was talking to some people that i knew on the start line And some of them are training for like marathons, like London Marathon was in April and stuff like that. So they didn't want to go balls out three or four weeks before a marathon. So there was me and a guy who I used to actually run with like 20 years ago when we were at like sixth form college. And we said, oh, we'll do 10K on, 1K like easier and do that three times through to make up the 20 miles, which is a good way of breaking it down and getting like a decent session in. But I just felt so crap, mate, honestly, like after about two, three miles in. You know when you feel really fatigued? It's like your heart rate's not going that high that you just feel like you can't really push do you know what i mean like you mm-hmm. just like it was one of them days and i was like oh my god like i feel like this after 5k like i've got like six more of these to go and i thought i'm not doing that like keeping this going like this is uh not going to happen today this is one of these days where you just want to like cruise it get the time done so well i'll wait for my mate you know john jacobs the skinhead mm-hmm. with the, the firefighter i think you've seen him before yeah and but, well i'll wait for him run with him running with him like i waited for a bit this is about just under six k in and then even when i was running with him i didn't feel great and i thought oh god like i said because so i said to him when i started running i said oh, mate i'll pace you around what you're going for because was around four minute k's 405k. k's so i was like that's not too bad a pace to just cruise around um and then i said to him when we were about 10k in i said mate i think i'm gonna just stop after the first lap i said i feel dreadful and um, just got to the end of the first lap and thought well like I might make it up to like 21, 22 K that kind of area, which is what I'd normally do for a kind of long run. So at least I get one banked and I've got anything like got nothing. So anyway, did that, did like a few, um, a mile and a bit out onto the second lap, turned around headed back and it ended up being just over 13 and a half miles. And I was thinking, is that being like, obviously it's frustrating, isn't it? You know, it's a bit of a low because you don't go to a running race thinking that you're going to do half of it or you're going to pull out, you know, it's a bit of a low isn't it
0: mm-hmm. if you,
1: if you do that. But it got me thinking like, would, would would you have just carried on even when you feel crap would you have carried on pushing hope for the best or would you have canned it because i felt like if i'd have carried on pushing and done it i would have been pushing myself like you know putting myself into a right box because you know when you feel like fatigue and you just like forced it so, so i thought well that's not a case
0: that's the difference between you and me that's the difference between winners and losers you know uh I would i would just carry on and think i'll just make it an easy session long distance run don't be a wimp and uh, you're always pulling up always pulling out oh this hurts i'm tired i'm fatigued <laughs> no i think um uh, you know you know your body well enough don't you and uh sometimes especially if you've been training a block really hard uh, um, then it doesn't make any sense it's the same thing as if you would go out on a ride and you can't even push 200 watts you'd rather spend the day resting on the couch and, and uh, getting like a proper McDonald meal instead of like finishing the session and uh, for the sake of it? Because sometimes it's not about finishing the session. Sometimes sometimes you gain more from resting than just doing it for the sake of it.
1: Yeah. Well, it got me thinking of a couple of things. Like I thought to myself, and you probably say, if you were going hard and you felt good, but you blew up at like 15, 16 miles, you'd obviously dig it in and push in because it felt good and it was just bad pacing while you blew up, you know, it's different in there. But when it's like five K in, you feel fatigued, it's like, what are you actually going to gain? And then it got me thinking back to just before I'm in Arizona, I remember doing a VO two max session on the Tuesday. It was on a Hill. Like, so this is five days before the race and it was meant to be like three minute efforts on the Hill. And I was doing the first effort and I saw Tyler because we were filming it actually for a a YouTube video. And then, I was like, oh, I feel dreadful. I thought it was raining, horrible weather as well. I felt crap. I thought, I'm not going to, I like this. I, I ain't got it today. There's no way I'm going to do this. So I said to Tyler, mate, let's just can can it. Like, I'm not going to do it. And he was like, oh, do you want to post the video? I said, yeah, we'll just post it up anyway. You know, not every day is a good one, you know, because I was thinking that, you know, you can't just pick and choose, can you?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But like, I pulled out on that session because I felt terrible at that. But then on Sunday, five days later, I ended up winning the race and having the best ever bike ride I've ever done power wise in an Ironman but I'm pretty sure that if I'd have just forced myself to do that session carried on for the sake of it then the race in Arizona would have been a write-off and I would have probably ended up DNFing because I would have been like in a hole from what I'd have done on that session you know yeah Yeah. You know, t- like, and with that Windham race what I did that 20 miler I kind of thought to myself well the training's been going really well the last two three weeks like I've been hitting some really good numbers so there's no point forcing it and then putting yourself in a hole there is, for the sake of it just because you entered the race
0: it's better this is uh from your rmn certified coach some free advice free advice it's better to uh, uh no honestly <laughs> messing around but it's better to train uh quality wise instead of just quantity wise and getting it done so i had a chat with a guy last week and i'm uh, uh, he, he wants to run a marathon and i've been coaching him for a while and last week he said two things one thing he said was... He, oh, he said actually three things. One one thing he said was he, he hurt his cough.
1: He talks a lot then, doesn't he? Mate, hell.
0: he mate, he's a talker. He's a talker. It, this is just, <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, Judge him double, mate. Judge yeah. him extra. Judge him by the so hour. So one thing
0: is, was um, he, he felt his cough coming up, so he was going to the physio. He said he was fatigued, but it was only two more, it was only two more weeks to the, to his marathon. And a third thing was he said... I thought we agreed upon I should get five run sessions a week. So I said, well, mate, it's really easy for me to give you five sessions. I could even give you six, seven, or ten. But in the end, you're not even recovering. If you want to
1: get put yourself in a hole, mate, I'm <laughs> yeah. happy to do it. <laughs> at the
0: moment, at the moment, you're on, on the edge, like your body is, is like you're feeling triggers in your cough, your body is feeling fatigued. The marathon is coming. What what do you want? Like uh, um, and, and
1: how many times was he running when he was breaking down? How many was he doing at that point then when he said he wanted to do five? Was he doing four and he wanted one more or was he doing like three?
0: No, he was doing four and wanted one more. But that one more run that he would have done would have been a recovery run. Uh, but it doesn't make any sense. I mean... Uh, for him it would have just been better to, to sit on the couch. And it's also because he hasn't been running for 10 years. He just started off a couple of months ago and all of a sudden he wants to run like uh, 80 miles a week. Like well, fuck, What do you want? 220.
1: <laughs> he wants to run 220 in a marathon, doesn't he? <laughs> and you said it's so, only six weeks, mate. No, some, no, I don't think we can do that.
0: So t- in conclusion, it takes balls and courage to say no and just uh, sit on the couch and get the recovery going instead of clicking the mouse when, when
1: when a little question for you then like when do you think if you're vented into like a race say like a running race when what uh reasons would you say would be acceptable if you weren't dnfing and in what case would you say now nah, that that's being a bit of a pussy you know you need to man up like where's the where do you draw the line for you <laughs> like if someone said it's here or like gut. you were thinking in your head.
0: Gut problems. <laughs> <laughs> Someone
1: commented on my Strava, and they said, "Was it gut problems?" I said, "No, it's just <laughs> it's <was> just me. <laughs> no, it was in my body. Um, it was all over."
0: Well, well, obviously, obviously, the most stupid thing would be if you feel something coming up like an injury or something, a, a calf getting really tight or whatever. Always fuck. Always stop. Always because um, you don't want to push it then uh, but when when do you need to push through um well obviously it would be when do you think
1: it depends on whether or not it's an do you think it it depends on whether or not it's an a race or a b race or whatever because an a race like if you've tapered for it you've gone out you know for instance you've traveled abroad you'd probably oh just yeah. Dig in, oh yeah. Just I'm, 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 better,
0: I'm, in, yeah I'm not talking i'm now I'm now talking more like training sessions training and so a training race like, like that. training
1: races training races so yeah. like yeah.
0: Um, another reason so you would
1: say on a training race,
0: on a train race, another reason for pulling well, out or, or carrying on, carrying on would be, um, when you wake up, you feel fatigued during the session, you feel fatigued, but actually you're hitting pretty good times. That, that, that also means you need to continue and man up.
1: Yeah, I think that, because sometimes you feel a bit ropey and then you start off and that was why, like, I kind of thought I started off and I thought I was actually going all right at the start. But then I got to, like, 5K, like, it wasn't great. like But it just felt so, like, you know, ropey. Like, just couldn't get – you know them days when you can't get your heart rate up? You know what it's like, then not you? Exactly. You know, you can't get your heart rate exactly. up and you just feel overly tired. Felt like that.
0: Mate, I felt like that for the last four months.
1: <laughs> really?
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Someone said – so I posted up last week on, on the um, – on the travel and mockery. Why do you listen to our podcast to get a little bit of uh, uh, feedback and insights? Where uh, people listen to, and and they all said they listen to uh, to us because of all the all the nuggets, Joe. All all the training advice, the scientific backgrounds, the scientific chats we have with other athletes. And and someone else said, I like to listen to the podcast because uh, Tom being so depressed makes me feel good about my own life. <laughs> 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 Actually, made me laugh. Um, but anyway, um, shall we go over to, uh, the next uh, subject? Have you had, uh, what we have seen in the scene over the last couple of weeks? So shall we talk about the, uh, the drug cop? Oh, top by marijuana? the way. All right. Go on.
1: Yeah. But just, well, we've just, as we talk about him, just on a note about that drugs. And, you know, since we had the podcast talking about drugs and we said about like how I hadn't been tested. Mm hmm. I've been, I've had the drug testers come around my house twice since then. Really? They're like, like buses, mate. You wait for hours and none come. And then all of a sudden they all come at once, mate. And you don't know what one you want to get on. That's what it's <laughs> been like, honestly, twice already. <laughs> like they're targeting me, mate. I've got i I've got a number on, I've got a name on my back now. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, maybe they want to make a statement or something. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. Um, I have had a little look around in Hengelo where I'm situated on the industrial terrain. I would have laughed if they would have come around because I would have actually seen some people.
1: (laughs) You'd have been like, come in. You'd have been like making sure you couldn't go for a wee, wouldn't you? They'd have been like, we've been here for three hours. Are you sure you don't need to try?" No, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. I've got some extra for tea. You can stay if you want. I've got a spare bedroom.
0: Get get the sleeping beds. Let's get to know each other a little better before I take a pee. (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) you'd have been holding it on until the morning so they had to stay the night wouldn't you? yeah
0: (laughs) it would be so it would be so so gemütlich they would say in germany would be so nice and and having people around me and an actual chat with people um (laughs) but uh anyway um let's talk about the the drugged up marathon runner from he was from new zealand wasn't he
1: New Zealand, Zane Robertson. I thought this is a really interesting one because I actually fought been following him like for years now. I remember when I was in Pompameau for the first time, 2016, I already knew who he was. And I found his his story quite inspiring at the start. And for people that don't know, him and his brother, I don't think they're twins. I think there might be a year or two, a year between them or something like that. But if not, if they aren't twins, they're very close in age. They could be twins, I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. they moved to uh, Kenya when they were about 16, 17 years old from New Zealand which he's 33 now so 16 17 years ago which is a pretty brave thing isn't it really 16 17 year olds moved to third world country you know they were living like the kenyans would obviously didn't have any family there and they weren't amazing runners i don't think when they were at school they were probably decent runners like um but not like world class and then but they wanted to go to kenya to see how the best runners trained and to see what they were doing and to see if they could make it as professional runners and They ended up both, I think both of them might have run sub 60 for the half marathon, 205, 206, something like that for the marathon. Mm. And they've been to like numerous Commonwealth Games and World Championships, uh, Olympic Games. But it recently came out that Zane, who I think is the older one of the two, failed a test for EPO, which he uh, returned a positive from at the Manchester Manchester run in 2022. I think this was May 2022. Um and then it was went for a lengthy thing I think before it finally came out. But one of the reasons he came up with for the, the fail test was that he caught he had the EPO in his system because he went for a COVID vaccine at a Kenyan hospital and they accidentally gave him EPO instead of uh, the COVID vaccine, which is how it got in his system.
0: Which could obviously um which As, could uh, be obviously be possible, right?
1: maybe that's why some of these uh, athletes keep going for like four or five covid vaccines because they're on the, they're hoping <laughs> that they uh, get some special juice in it or something <laughs> I'm, but um yeah
0: it's it's not long ago that the world athletics came out with a statement to uh, maybe ban all athletes from kenya didn't they say something like that because there were so many doping cases yeah. from kenya
1: well interestingly on this podcast what i had. so he's done an interview with the physical performance show i sent him one a message tom trying to get him on this show because i listened to him on that and it brought up quite a lot of questions that i had that i would love to have asked him you know since listening to that show but he hasn't replied to the message but on this physical performance show the guy knows him and they were friends like he actually went over to kenya to train with him or i think he was trained in uganda at one point and he was there like helping him and training with him for a week so they know each other so he wanted to get his side of the story out on this podcast. So we did it on that one. This is two days after after it broke in the news. So it was pretty fresh. Um, Mm -hmm. And he comes out with some interesting things. So like, first of all, he says that getting the COVID vaccine was a total lie. He said that because he wanted to save himself because he was going to get a four-year ban and he thought a four-year ban would be the end of his career. So he had to try and make up, think of an excuse that he could use to try and get away from it. So we came up with that as an excuse. Obviously it didn't work. And then he's, that's why he's got the eight year ban now, but he thought, well, if I get an eight year ban for lying and get found out, it's just as bad as a four year ban for me. So I don't really care. And then another thing, what he said was they asked him on the show, do you think that it takes that you need to be on drugs to win a big city marathon from the things that they asked him? And he said, well, I don't want to say something I shouldn't be because basically it sounded like he doesn't want to he doesn't want to piss the wrong people off because he needs, uh, well, I guess help, support or whatever. He's got a lot, he's got like connections with people that could help him out and they probably wouldn't help him out or whatever if uh, he says something about potential athletes. But the general gist of it was, he thinks that no, you couldn't win a big city marathon without being on drugs. And the guy tried to get Mm -hmm. a bit more info out of him, but he wouldn't come out with any more info. So This obviously sounds like he's holding stuff back. Um, he also said on the show that his wife, who he ended up splitting up with, he, so how he got into the drugs, and uh, this is, this is about the psychological, you know, you said you were going through bad moments. Have you got one second? Before. This is actually quite interesting.
0: Yeah. It sounds like someone was pressing buttons or something.
1: Oh, it's this massage chair what Laura's on. This was? It's a massage chair what Laura's on like, it's this big old chair, like, massages your legs, your arms, and everything like that. It's a crazy old thing, mate. But, yeah, one interesting thing, what he said was, he he talked about, like, how he got into it. And he said that he was training for the Olympics um, in 2021. Uh, actually, going back to 2020, so when COVID hit, he said he went back home to New Zealand, and then he got locked down for six months. So this is the first way how he fell into it. And then when he was in New Zealand for six months, he ended up spending a lot of his life savings because like we've said, Tom, New Zealand is flipping expensive. So he said he went through loads of his money and had no savings left. Mm-hmm. He then ended up getting back to like Kenya or Uganda. He was going through marriage troubles with his missus um, and that put a lot of pressure on him and then training for the Olympics. He said he put everything into it. Didn't get the result at the Olympics, what he, he uh, hoped for. And then he lost the big sponsor. I don't know who it was. It, I think he was sponsored by someone like Nike at the time, or a big company like that, and um, that was like his biggest sponsor. So that he lost them, and then they said to him, "I thought you'd do better than what you did." And then obviously pulled their sponsorship. So that put a lot of financial pressure on him. And he said he didn't have a massive amount of money anyway. And then it got worse because I think he lost his other sponsor, which was his second biggest one, or they were like they offered him a lot lower contract. It was something like that. So then there was financial problems. Him and his missus were like, he said that he was getting a lot of emotional stress from her or something like that. You know, I think she was Mm -hmm. like barking the orders at him. and It was all all kicking off. Um, And then um, after that, he was like, oh, shit, you know, I'm like, got no money. He said he wanted to have a family at some point, but he wouldn't have had the money to do it. He said he couldn't fly back home because he didn't have the money for a ticket, he said, to get home. Uh, and then he was getting injured. He wasn't getting the results, and he said he got desperate. He said he had this EPO at his house for, like, months or a year before he took it, like his wife got it one day and said, there you go, there it is, and just put it on the table. you know what? And he was, like, bloody hell. Uh, and he said, yeah. Um, so he said he, he had it, like, with him for a long while because he was, like, contemplating, do I do it, do I not do it? Ended up taking it, obviously, and then racing this uh, race in Manchester, which is a small race, and he didn't even do well. He said he was doing really well. He hit some amazing sessions 10 days out from it, but on the race, he didn't feel good, and he did it. But my question – and then after that, when he failed the test, New Zealand Athletics – so these are the questions that I've got what I think would be interesting to see what, you, what your reports are on this. So first one, he said that when he failed the test, New Zealand, like drugs, whatever they are, like the organisation, have then put him – with psychological help, like speaking to a psychologist, because he said he almost was like debating whether or not to commit suicide. You know, he was like, Mm -hmm. even before he got the drug test and afterwards. So they were obviously like helping him to make sure he's all right. And he said that's really helped. And, you know, like he's feeling a lot more positive about it now. But then my thing is, if they're doing that afterwards, should they be actually helping the athletes? Bearing in mind, he was in the Olympic, he was on the Olympic, you know, uh, pathway, you know, they knew he was going to go to the Olympics. Shouldn't he have been getting more help from his own federation with psychological support if he needed it or at least offered it in the lead up to the Olympics or around that to keep you on the right path and make sure that you're going all right, not waiting until the problem's done?
0: There was, um, someone has sent me over uh, another article last week that there is a, uh, that there there has been done research about depression and stuff like that under elite athletes. And it is like a, a um, that no one talks about it. It's a bit of a, how do you call it?
1: Um, uh, I know what you mean, but yeah, like everyone bottles it up, basically. Um, that's what I mean. Like, so, yeah, but the hard thing is, they know that there's been studies done like that.
0: The hard thing is, of course, you want to give the help beforehand before someone is really in the gutter. But the thing is, you don't know who needs it and how and is so he lives in kenya he trains in kenya how do you get the uh, the right qualified people there for the right athletes you know is is all uh, and and in the end someone needs to really reach out for themselves because i can't say hell obviously if yeah. i know if you if you're if you don't if you don't feel well i can like try to help you but if i don't know it how can someone help you? I can't say like, hey, Joe, you had bird shit on you. I think you're going to turn into a, d- a dep- depressive person next week or something like that. Do you need some help? <laughs> or I've got some help be- for you before something happens, you know? Obviously, it would be the ideal scenario. Could but they send an email
1: out, though? Like, just like, if they're on the federation thing, they just send emails out to the athletes. Hey, oh, are you doing? You know, checking in. I don't know. Uh, to be honest, like, n- no idea. But that was one thing. Then the second thing was, he said he only took drugs for the one race which happened to be the one race he got caught in um do you think that that would be true bearing in mind this race that he got caught in was a minor race and also what I don't understand is why on earth if he was taking the drugs for this race would he have taken drugs so close to the race that he knew he was doing that he got tested for that doesn't make any sense you know Um, so do you think he was, it was probably the one race and he was unlucky, um, bearing in mind, it was a small race, didn't really mean much or, you know, compared to Um, a lot of the other races that he was doing.
0: That would be uh, that would be guesswork, but I would say, uh, um, yeah. Why would you do it for a really really small race? Maybe he had already done it for like big races, and then now he he thought he'd like figured out the trick, and he just like uh, tanked through it for a small race in order for <laughs> into the build up for a, le- a real race. Like I've got no clue. We should ask Thomas Decker, but I don't think uh, it, it sounds a bit like why would you do it for a small race? Because there's no mu- not much to gain, and you're putting everything well, on the line what for got. it.
1: Like exactly it doesn't make any sense does it you know like that you would do it for a small race uh, maybe or could it have been the fact that he thought because it was a small race there wouldn't be drugs testing he could experiment with it then. but then surely you'd see how if it was working from what your data would be in, in training you know mm-hmm. you'd see if you were smashing workouts and your heart rate's 10 beats or lower and know that you're in good form you don't need to practice it for a race do you that's what i would have thought anyway but i found that quite interesting uh, him saying that and then also the other point was he said that you don't he doesn't believe from his experience of being in Kenya that you can win a big city marathon if you're clean do you think that that sounds like it could be the case could that just be the fact that he's saying that because he tested positive and failed and he wasn't hitting the times or with Kenyans past history in doping do you think that could be the case like i mean it's pretty dodgy how many how many athletes from Kenya are getting popped with positive tests i mean it's like a conveyor belt isn't it you know like no, every probably on average, right. I reckon two weeks, someone's failing the testing
0: right. um Obviously, it's a bit uh, uh, um, easy to say yes, everyone's on drugs in Kenya, but um I do think uh, just like <laughs> oh, cycling, just like cycling back in back in the days in the eighties and nineties and stuff like that, when everyone on drugs, it was such a, it was more like a culture, wasn't it? So in Kenya, it's just as easy yeah. as you buy some aspirins, right? So. I do think it's way easier to just get well, caught up in
1: But he reckons for a white person you wouldn't be able to buy it like that because a few white journalists have gone over there and they've had undercover cameras and stuff and tried to film it. So if you're a white person and you go around trying to buy drugs, they just won't because they're too worried, to, like for you know, to expose them. But as a Kenyan in Kenya, he reckons that you can get it.
0: So first you need to be there, train with well, a couple please. of guys, get get some mates, and get them to go to the shop for you.
1: <laughs> but it's crazy that it would be that easy to get it, though, isn't it? You know. But then for them, I guess they're they're coming from poverty. They've got nothing. They've got nothing anyway. So it's a no brainer for them. You know, if they get caught, then they're still with nothing. If they don't get caught, and they can get a few races done win thousands of pounds it's a, a life-changing amount for some people in kenya isn't it you know third world country they're living in shacks, some of them and then all of a sudden this is an opportunity for them to get their family and uh, themselves out of uh, poverty so it's uh, it's different to someone in you know the western world isn't it you know like
0: mm-hmm. we're not
1: living in poverty are we you know we'd like if we don't get decent results it's a shame but we're not going to be living in a hut with no electricity or water are we no, you're, um,
0: you're you're contemplating yeah, whether I, should I should I tank up with ninety eight or ninety five? <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know what they say, mate, you can't run a Ferrari on
0: four star. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, of course it's of course it's different, but it yeah. is it is a big problem in in running and uh, um yeah. Hopefully, there are still some uh, some good people out you know there that this- you uh, you never know.
1: And that durian rider who i was talking to you about this is a weird guy very very strange guy like he goes on about eating bananas all the time doesn't he like he's got a youtube channel i couldn't watch him before because he just was too ott and like um saying that everyone's on drugs everyone's doing this and like going on about modium massive like bananas like taking 20 bananas a day and stuff and uh i watched his youtube video a little while ago while i was on there because he was it had that in the title, like about talking about Zane Roberts, I thought it would be interesting to see what he, what he says and stuff like that. And one of the sayings that he said, uh, which (laughs) made me laugh about it, about why Zane would have done done it was because he said, you get, you get, you get sponsors and podium chicks. He said, winners get laid and paid second place as first loser. And it made me laugh when I was riding along on Zwift, listening to that, him (laughs) saying that.
0: Uh, (laughs) Um, All right, yeah. I've got another one that I saw last week in the news, Joe. World, what was that? World of athletics has banned transgender female athletes from competing in the female category at international events.
1: I think that's that's a good move, like because am I right in thinking with transgender? It's literally, you haven't had necessarily had an operation or anything like that. It's just saying that you identify. So me, I could just say I identify as a female now, couldn't I? And I could raise as a female. Is that the case?
0: Uh, no, no, no. I, I, it's not It's not Do as easy. You have easy to have a that. lower
1: testosterone for a certain amount yeah, yeah, of time.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly.
1: Do you have to have a lower testosterone for a certain amount yes. of time? Yeah, 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 So you have to be on something to stop your testosterone. But you have like, so once your testosterone goes down to a certain level, you can compete. But you've still had all the gains from being a man before that, haven't you? Mm-hmm like muscle your muscles and everything are going to be way more about yeah i think that's a good move because it's crazy that you can i mean it's obvious that it has a massive in uh impact like that it does make a massive difference because you see these people that are racing transgender and they weren't that good as a man and now all of a sudden they're racing as a woman and they're winning everything and they're completely dominating so it obviously has a massive advantage regardless of what people say you can see it and i mean you've only got to see some of these athletes when they cross the line they're huge compared to the women aren't they they're yeah. much bigger and stronger. Like, it's complete fast. I think it's a good move, to be honest. I think you're either born a male or a woman, and you compete a male or a woman. And-, and if you're a man and you have a sex operation or do anything, you still were a man. You can't then compete as a woman because you weren't born a biological woman. It's crazy in my mind that you could be a man, biological man at birth, and then suddenly start racing as a woman. It's, well, it is ridiculous. You can I, I you guess.
0: can be. Uh, I I don't really mind. You can be whatever you want to be in life, and and if you want to be called a man or a, a female, or whatever. I don't mind. But exactly, as soon as you're going to compete for like on on the top spots for the win like at a professional level so you're taking it serious then you have got an unfair advantage for being a man it's different maybe when you yeah. when you uh, try uh when you when you went into like a transition when you were probably something like 10 or, or 12 or something like that i don't know but um um yeah it's crazy because some of these athletes were but- absolutely annihilating the field weren't they they
1: yeah and i wouldn't even say it's even if you do a transition at ten or twelve, is different. I would say we're not saying that you can't compete. It's just that you can't compete in the women's category. You can still compete in the men's category because you were born a biological man, <laughs> so compete in the men's category. Doesn't, all the doesn't men's work races. like that
0: because they, you know. they that's that's everything they don't want.
1: No, because they want to win. Yeah, because they want to win.
0: Because yeah, they've can't, got an obsession if, with winning. <laughs> it's no
1: different than taking drugs.
0: I know, I know, but it's it's no, like it's, it's the same as we like know. EPO. We'll take you as a woman, but you need to compete as a man. It's like you won't still accept them. It, it just it would just mean that they can compete as women, just not in the elite field for for just not as an I don't know. It, it just
1: yeah, but then it's not fair on, on other women. I think they should just compete as a man because they were born a biological man, you know. So in or have another category for them. exactly exactly. But you have another category. Yeah, just all right. Have another category then, but they shouldn't be competing in the women's. It should be either the men's or another category.
0: The funny thing is, um, you know, Iron either. Man said trans women can compete as women in racing. Didn't they?
1: Yeah, because Iron Man haven't had a problem with trans athletes winning women's races yet, so they're probably taking the more politically correct approach, which is. To say that everything's fine and to put your head in the sand rather than actually dealing with what could be a potential problem. But it will be different exactly. to see what would exactly. happen if you if, started getting trans women, clearing up the women's division.
0: If, if Jan Fredino at the end of this year is like, surprise, I'm not stopping with racing. I'm just going to compete for the win. Now just as Janice Frodeno, yeah, <laughs> then they'll probably do something I mean, if you're in
1: MMA... If you're in mixed martial arts and Conor McGregor says that he's now a transgender woman and he's in there and he's beating up women, it ain't fair, is it? Like, it's not gonna, it's it's not on a level playing field, is it? You know, same with like, should... Jan Fredino starts racing transgender in 2024, like, you know, wins Conor six times, six more times, It ain't gonna be yeah uh, fair, is it? But
0: bottom, bottom line is they should have their own uh, category, but uh, um, yeah, it was due to. Um, um...
1: But if they don't. We will take full advantage of that in a couple of years, and me and Tom will clean the division vi- up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, main subject of the week, Joe? Um,
1: oh, what was it? I can't remember what we were going to say now. I've just been uh, like, so uh, dived straight into them other ones and got too involved in it. I've forgotten what the main subject was going to be.
0: We're already thirty-seven minutes in. Maybe we should save this main subject of the week for uh, for next week, and then uh, we've got a bullshit buster. Yeah. Um, so the main subject, oh, and we yeah, also uh, quickly them. want to chat about the pro that we're going to invite on the show uh, to get to know them a little bit, and then we're going to choose someone that we're going to sponsor uh, with a couple of grand uh, uh, sponsorship because we, um, but we'll talk about that in a bit. First, um, bullshit buster.
1: I, I think with there, uh, Tom. I think one of the things that we should do with uh, the pro, you know, about because me and Tom have been talking about this and like everyone has applied for it. It is very hard to pick from. One of the funny comments that I did see that made me laugh was about the Dutch guy. And someone said, it's not fair that he's apply, applying for the pro thing because if you're blessed with looks and a body like that, You've been given a lot by God, and that you don't need any more in life. Like you're going to make it somewhere, and that made <laughs> that made me laugh when they said that. But I think it would be funny to, or oh, good to get them on the show, and then on the Instagram we have we we have them headed off. So like two people against each other, another two against each other, or whatever, and probably like or somewhere doing it, and people vote, and then we have like a knockout, and the people the people vote. I think that would be pretty cool. Like
0: all right, but we'll just do uh um, like a chat to get well, an interview, yes, exactly. A small one, a short one. We definitely want to but do uh, a chat,
1: yeah. We definitely want to get we're gonna to speak to them this week, hopefully, and then we'll play it on next week's show, some of the interviews, and you guys can get to know them a bit more and see what you think, uh see what you think of the people.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um or maybe get the patrons to pick. Maybe get the patrons to pick since the money's coming out of the patrons so exactly so we're using in, uh
0: and so i've got a couple of ideas so when i move to amsterdam which would literally be a new chapter in my life i want to take travel and mockery to the next step i don't want to talk, say too much about it since uh every good idea that i'm sharing on this platform will always get copied by someone else uh in uh, uh in something else um but anyway apart from that um exactly there are some really cool things coming for the Patreons. Um, and you're thinking, finally, is this for real? Yes, we've got some good ideas. And it's also going to involve um, the pro athlete that we're we picking and maybe two pro athletes that we uh, want to sponsor with um, a couple of grand. Uh, Joe and I are also going to put something uh, ourselves towards it. Um, cause I think, uh, this money for these athletes are going to make a potential difference. Whereas, uh, um, um, yeah, I remember when I started out with doing triathlon and someone once, uh, um, gave me, uh, like a proper sponsorship and I'm not saying like $200 or $400, but something that you can actually go on a training camp for and do like an international race. um, will give more stress, uh, will give less stress. I mean, less stress and uh more of rest in in their heads, and uh, um yeah I, and i also also think um athletes like that they all've got their story they've all got amazing results um it's cool to share their journey on the podcast probably the the patreon one and uh yeah like i said we're going to use that money towards um their sponsorship so there will be a baseline and uh and yeah the more uh, we get into this this year the more we can uh, achieve for them um and also some other stuff before the patrons, show but I'm not going to say it because you know what what happens when I do that right
1: Yeah, other people do it don't they before us yeah,
0: exactly um bullshit buster joe bullshit buster obviously this morning
1: oh, i've sent you a few i've sent you a few things that looked funny over the last week or so
0: oh yeah but that's an instagram post of the week joe
1: what have you got all right what have you got
0: for the body so of there? course this morning i was pumping iron because i want to get that body ready for the summer ready for dating in the summer that you think ooh, sweet legs um his um he takes care of his body and while i was pumping the weights i was looking over at the cardio section and i always find the cardio section in the gym a bit weird because i think what motivates someone to get on the cardio machines in the gym right Why would you go on a treadmill? Why would you go on a bike? Why wouldn't you go outside? So whilst I was on a cardio machine this morning, because I always do like a, a little bit warm up, like a 10 minute warm up on one of them bikes, you can see some people, like literally six, seven or eight people next to each other going for a flipping walk. I'm not even saying a run, like a walk on the treadmill. And I'm thinking, why the fuck would you go for a walk on a treadmill and not say, All right, let's up we're 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 with the eight of us. Let's go for a walk in the forest and actually go outside, see some sunlight, have a little chat.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but you said in Hanglo it's raining all the time. So that's why they didn't want to walk outside. <laughs> it's like it's not you can't you can't bullshit bust the, the walking on the treadmill when the weather's terrible. <laughs> Mate, <there's> no- <laughs> yeah like it's freezing. It's nearly snowing We would have walked outside, but this place never gets any flipping (laughs) sun. Like we want to get moved to Amsterdam, and then we'll be walking around the bloody water like along the canal. Yes, but it
0: doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you?
1: Just it's hengelo for him, mate. It's hengelo. (laughs) That it's just hengelo, mate. It's not like that the rest of the world. This is. It's just it's just Hengelo. That's why you're escaping, mate. If you would have spent any more time in Hengelo, <laughs> that would have been you. You'd have been like on the treadmill because you would have just completely cracked with the I, weather and life. I must say,
0: the scenery <laughs> the scenery and the attitude of the people and whatever in Hengelo and Twente is, is one of the most beautiful in the Netherlands. Um, yes, the weather has been a bit odd. Really? Yes, it is. It is really beautiful. But um, um, yeah, I think it's odd. Walking on a treadmill for 20, 30, 40 minutes, just go for a walk in the forest. Get to see some animals, whatever.
1: Yeah. It's weird. Totally. And you said as well, they were walking in silence. And that made me think, maybe they're all living alone in Henglo and they just haven't had anyone come around, haven't spoke to anyone. So now they've forgotten how to have conversations. <laughs> like, once you've lived in Henglo for more than two years, that's that's what you've into. It's like you forget how to have a conversation or the point of having a conversation. So you just do – you just – You've got friends, but you never talk to each other. <laughs> you just like say, walk on the treadmill today. <laughs> that's why probably. Okay. That's why probably uh, <laughs> um,
0: they can't offer any any mental and psych, psychiatric psychiatric um, support to uh, professional athletes because they need to ever offer every professional in Angelo some mental support and and depression chats and all that. Don't you think?
1: Yeah, it's a good. Uh, a good little uh, it's got a lot of people that you can like tap into there it's a good market if you're a psychologist get yourself over to hengler you'll have lots of work <laughs> um anyway do you think um do you think my baby will be here by next time the podcast comes around uh, it's as we speak today it's three days over the due date three days over the due date today
0: yeah i think so i think so
1: what day Good you had to pick a day.
0: Um, the 1st of April. So you as a father can be a joke.
1: Oh, well. that's April Fool's Day. That's April Fool's Day.
0: <laughs> Joe's a dad. Oh, that must be that's a joke. the one
1: day you don't want.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Joe's a dad. Joe's practice Joe's practicing his BMX, his mountain bike skills with that like buggy thing that you sent me where they do the jump. Yeah, I stuff. know.
0: I know. Um... Now, before we go, Joe, is there anything else we'd say? One thing I want to say is free days. If you live in Amsterdam, the lifestyle athletes is coming at you full, full, full speed. Um, yeah, so if you want to support the show, head over to uh, uh, the Patreons. We, uh, we don't ask uh, uh, ever anything. We don't ask much, but we give all these free training advice. So this is the time to show your support. And... Um,
1: And before you, uh, before we go, we just want to say the money from the patrons is going to help the uh, athletes that we pick or athlete. And also if you are interested in potentially sponsoring some YouTube videos, Tom wants to get Pepe on board to try and help some video, do some videos that we did before, but it's really expensive, isn't he? Well, uh, it's more like, like, uh,
0: um, so if you're indeed interested, I've got a, uh, like a plan what I want to do um, and it involves exactly. So it's like the videos we did in St. George and at sub seven, but just more at a regular basis. Um, something more substantial. So if you're, yeah, if like you're to- a company that thinks, yes, we've got some coin and we actually this time want to get some return on our investment, have a little chat with me. And
1: uh, well, the videos, that, for instance, the videos that you did in sub seven which were on the triathlon mockery youtube page that you set up had no fo- no subscribers at all you literally just set up there you got a hundred thousand views across the what four or five videos that you did while you're out four, there right, yeah. like literally straight off the in bat in
0: three days you
1: know, something like that yeah free, which like in three days so like if you are potentially interested in like collaborating get in touch with uh tom because he's uh looking to try and take it to the next level because we know it could work and be really successful it's just trying to get it off the ground with someone that wants to come on board.
0: and it could also be so, it could uh, also be could it then? could also be an event for example if you're organizing challenge rough you know and you're thinking well we could we could spend a couple of grand on a promotional video um yes that is possible but also this is a very cheap option to or put your
1: and you've got a few athletes. exactly it's
0: a very cheap option actually to put the like, if
1: you're a sponsor and you've got athletes
0: and the range. athletes or your brand in the picture at a massive event in a comedian kind of way
1: yeah i just said you you're fit enough to ride with the the athletes as well like while you're interviewing them as well you know because like some people aren't fit enough to do that so you like all the interviews have to be done stationary and stuff like but when you were mic'd up with Pepe and you were doing it in St George and you were like talking to people with the mics on, the sound quality was great, but it was awesome to see it with a moving background and out in the, uh, in the elements, well, you know, I mean, obviously uh, you can do that in Hengler with the rain. What um, I think, uh, what I
0: think is, a, is important. What you never see in on, and what I think is missing is whenever we're, uh, whenever you've got like a uh, race week kind of things, uh from organizations it is always very static and boring isn't it like uh, all right so your cda is dead and you did four run sessions and is it true you are really fit yes i'm really fit is it true you're competing for the win yeah i am no one fucking cares we'll see on race day what we actually want to see is the person like the athlete himself what makes him the athlete you know what are, what is his personality what 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 does he like besides uh training 30 hours a week you know it's a bit more uh and i think that's also what you see in formula one whenever they do these interviews you can see it really brings out the personality of the athletes and with all the interviewers nowadays or or videos is always the same boring stuff and that's what i miss in our sport and that's why i once started with you uh together which Is what we miss is the banter and, and just more of the fun side, not taking it so seriously. That also brings us to the subject we had for next week. We actually wanted to do it this week, was do athletes take themselves too serious most amount of time? And we're also talking mostly, I would say, the 10 to 15-hour age groupers.
1: Well, and are you too obsessed as a pro? Like, you know, what is the optimum amount? Like, is there an optimum amount But do people get too obsessed? Do you miss out on a lot of other stuff, like, you know, family commitments, engagements, you know? Stuff like that because you're so in the zone with sport. Like you know, I want to talk about it as well from like a personal point of view and uh, see what your thoughts were on it, Tom. And like, is there anything that you've missed out on? Because I think it's quite a massive. Big thing because in triathlon, especially, massive. like I don't know if there's many especially sports where people put that amount of time and hours into it, and you can get
0: exactly. Up and especially for professional athletes, um in the future, that's gonna mean a lot for the next of your maybe forty years of your life um um that that is a that's a that's a good one that's a good one and uh, yes i have had a lot of experience with that coming from a fraternity with a lot of mates and diving into the sport way too hard jody but we'll talk about that next week is anything else you'd like to say
1: yeah no no i think that's it that's it let's just uh all right
0: um thanks for listening everyone uh we'll see you back next week and don't forget to like subscribe to our patreons the link is in the bio and um uh, thanks see ya